What's up, guys? Episode 114 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Deitch. Matt, what's happening? I'm still waiting for you to one of these times that is starting off the show going, what's up, guys? When are you going to start doing the what's up, dirtbags? I did. I think last week I called did them dirtbags. Okay. You want, you want me to redo it right you, now? No, this, nope. this is good. Shh. Hey, Call them dirtbags. What's up, dirtbags? Dirt Welcome to episode 114 <laughs> of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined by Captain Dirtbag over there, Matt Deitch. What's happening? Oh, you can't call me You like Captain. that better? That you like that a, better? I like that, that start there. Let's do everything Matt wants to do. That's right. Let's do everything Matt wants to do. <laughs> Probably go straight to summer and be sitting on the front of a boat. I could handle that right now. Well, you're about to get your wish, because this, this, uh, this ice season is absolutely coming to a screeching halt. Um I got out yesterday, you got out yesterday, and I've got this really wild feeling that that's going to be our last time on the ice for yeah. the year. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with you. I don't have any trips uh, planned to be way up north, and I think unless you're going way up north, it, it ain't going to happen. Uh, it was getting pretty soft yesterday. It was. Uh, you know, we were out on a lake that had, you know, over 20 inches of ice here three weeks ago, and yesterday... It was all less than eight. That's crazy. It was really crazy. I uh, I was really surprised by it. It's a smaller body of water. I mean, I'll, I'll come right out. It was Lake Bahoya uh, on the west end of Lyon County here in northwest Iowa. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a really weird deal. There was a lot of white, uh, I don't know, white sections on the ice. And uh, so we walked up to it very right at the beginning, and I popped a hole, and it was like four inches, and it, it wasn't good ice. And it was like, hoofda. <laughs> made made the old rear end pucker a little bit and uh yeah i don't know then you know i mean there were spots where the ice was really good there were spots where the ice was not very good um getting on it wasn't bad you know we got our boots wet getting off was a little bit more tricky but uh we were able to do it and uh i don't know i think there's an outside chance that i'm the last person to be on lake bahoya for this year and and who knows maybe there's someone out there today but uh yeah okaboji was kind of the similar situation to what you guys ran into except there's a lot of ice out there on the main body of the water uh the shorelines obviously are starting to kind of get beat up pretty bad uh where people have been driving off on and off their four-wheelers and their sleds and everything uh but out on the main lake i mean there are still i don't know pl- over 20 inches of ice oh, yeah. out there oh yeah but uh it got soft throughout the day i mean as far as when we first got there and started fishing it wasn't like it was real slushy it was kind of hard on top but by the time the end of the day was going it was definitely uh a lot more slush on the on the top of the ice and it was one of those deals where you could like hear the water like you could almost hear it melting you know what i, I mean oh, yeah. like there's yep, water yep. running all the time i know exactly what you're like talking you're, about you're sitting there and it's you're just kind of quiet and you can just you can just hear it and it's just like it's the opposite of making ice. Yep. like when oh, you're yeah. out there and it's popping and doing all that stuff making ice it was kind of like the water that is on top of it is just running right down through it. So. Right. And they always say, they always say quiet ice is bad ice. Right. The ice was pretty quiet. So. so, yeah, definitely, you know, if you are going to still venture out there, remember it's time to start doing the early season slash late season precautions when you're going out, you know, ice picks, spud bar, all that stuff. Because like you said, I mean, you made a good point. You had four inches of ice in one spot, but then you went over to another spot and it was good ice. And then, you know, you go to another spot and it's, I mean, even less. So when I think, you know, one, one of the spots that we went yesterday, we, we went to Lake Pahoya, but then we actually hiked into a public hunting area that uh, had a pond that we've just always kind of wondered about. And, uh, we got onto one part of the ice there that is, is mostly always in the shade pretty stinking good ice right right there you know i mean it was it was way different than you know we we walked a little bit farther out there in a spot that the sun gets most of the day and uh it it was definitely a whole lot different you know from where a a normal shady area and you know i mean that takes a pretty small body of water to to have an area you know that big that you know is is shady but uh you know out in the black hills i'm sure you know that's that's uh a player and you know yeah i don't know other, other small bodies. Yeah, it's just you got to take those precautions. It might be a deal where in the morning you might be able to get out there, but it's going to change a lot throughout the day. I mean, as far as like if you're out there with a machine, I, you might get it on in the morning, but in the afternoon or when you come off the lake later on in the day, it, it might be a different situation on where you get off the lake at. Throwback, do you remember 
last year or two years ago when there was that video online of Dave Gens like pinning his snowmobile <laughs> and gapping across? Yeah. <laughs> God dang it. We need to find that we back. Go Just full send. Sending her into spring. But uh no, we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more about uh our our outings yesterday uh a little bit later in the show. But um one of the things that I thought, you know, was pretty important to cover uh right now is uh you know with ice season coming to an end a few of the things that you can do to uh, prolong the life of of your ice fishing gear you know i i i'm one of these guys that i'm i'm a procrastinator i'm a smidge lazy probably um i'm one of these guys that just throws everything in my shack and throws it into storage and then next year the night before i'm going to go out for the first time you know i just expect to pull that shack out and boom i'm ready to go fishing and nobody wants to you know start getting stuff prepped, you know, then do a little bit of prep work now. Um, a few of the things that I kind of thought up and, and some of the stuff that I read online is, uh, you know, obviously get your Vexar battery charged, uh, you know, completely, uh, you know, store it, you know, neck close to a hundred percent charge. Uh, you know, I know I, you know, I've kind of heard both ways, you know, they say, you know, don't store it at a hundred percent, you know, take a little bit of the charge on it, but I know for sure you don't want to store it empty. No. Um, you know, maybe some mothballs or uh, mouse poison. Um, you know, even if you just cut like the bottom of a, uh, you know, or, or the lid of a butter dish or something like that, and just put a little mouse poison in there. I've, I've seen a lot of people's shacks, you know, for sale online that say, yeah, you know, it's got some mouse holes in it. You know, I'm sure they set it in their garage and yeah, you, you, we all know right. how that goes. I mean, mice get into it. You don't realize it. And next, it's a mess. Then. Yep. Yep. Next winter you flip it over and a little bit more well ventilated. <laughs> Another thing uh, that I read, uh, silica packets. And, uh, you know, when you get a new coat or, or you know, I think that, I think it's even in beef jerky and, and yep. all sorts of stuff, uh, you know, those little packets of stuff, you can either save them out of your coat or out of, you know, a new garment that you buy, or I, they're, they're dirt cheap to buy online. I mean, you can get like a hundred of them for five bucks, but, uh, just throw that like in your tackle and whatnot. Uh, rust will absolutely kill you know, your expensive tackle if, if you store it with just a little bit of moisture in it. And you might not even really know that there was that much moisture in it. The exactly last time, right. you know, a chunk of ice got in there, you threw it in the bottom of your shack and that's that. Open it up, air it out, throw those silica package, packages in there. And uh, I I don't know, they'll pay for themselves pretty quick. I mean, one, <laughs> they will. you know, you can buy a hundred silica packages for the same price as one Tika minnow, you know, hey. Yeah, you want to protect your investment. Yep organize your tackle that's organize your tackle you know i'm i'm the type of guy that when i'm switching lures you know i'll bite i'll bite my line off i'll bite the jig off and i'll stick it in my jig box but i never really cut the rest of the line off go through there with a fingernail clipper cut off all that extra line vacuum out the bottom of your ice shack the sled on your ice shack i mean I don't know, plenty of sawdust in there from waxworms. Uh, I was talking to Matt earlier. At the end of the year, I always can find about 20 uh, of the little black caps that go on top of CO2. Yeah, there might be some dead minnows. I mean, you got there's all Ramrod kinds of Ramrod had a dead perch, perch in there one time. Freaking moron. Go figure. Oh, my gosh. What? It, it was like completely the next year before he found out, wasn't it? Might it might have been. I think his might have been it was at the beginning of a season and then towards the end of the season you're on a trip and he ended up finding it because it was like what is that smell oh my gosh and it wasn't just a just wasn't just him you know what guys <laughs> ramrod is pert near about to be coming back he is he's only what, a month or two away it's like from, it's less than a month now it's less than a month now. it's a, well, i mean the the beginning of april is when he's set to come home and i know he's got to do a little bit of uh um stuff down uh when he gets back to the united states i don't know if it's a quarantine deal or if it's a like a debriefing deal or whatever but he's going to be back in the united states for a week or two before he's he's able to come back here right now the old drip is on quarantine (laughs) that's what he said yeah apparently he came in contact with some somebody that tested positive and so he's stuck in a shipping container over there (laughs) in the middle of middle of nowhere and that's good for him builds character yeah, no doubt. So no, back to the what I like to do. I every year I like to take mine out and set it up out on like the driveway or something yep, like that. Let yep. it air out. Let everything dry out. 
I always take the windows out of my shack because I once heard that that you want to take those out so they don't stay folded up all year and they yeah, see, kind of crack and stuff. I don't think clam has that option. You, you do. Got, you're right. Mine mine are removable in my shack, so I always do that. Um, I always like to, uh, like you said, vacuum out the inside of it, uh, make sure everything's out of it. I always take some disinfectant wipes and just wipe down everything on the inside of it. Like as far as the tub, that's just kind of as a cleaning, as a cleaning thing to to do. And then not yeah. not disinfecting anything crazy that you've been doing. <laughs> over yeah. Hey, fishing got <laughs> slow, guys. Yeah, it got boring in the shit. No, uh, <laughs> no, seriously. <though. laughs> so, we, couldn't, we couldn't figure out why Matt went like two three hours without catching a yeah. fish. Not even fishing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're not going to go down that road. But wrong rod. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it, but I knew you short would. Rod. So, yeah. Short rod, show. Sight seeing, sight fishing. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right, move along. <laughs> but no, like you said, uh, going through all your equipment. Another thing too is if you have rods, sometimes it's good to like not storm with the pressure on the line. So like if it's like a noodle rod, so the end doesn't get that memory of the rod, and you know it, it's a constant bend. Then um, another thing that I like to also do is just you know like you said as far as making stuff sure stuff is dry your auger you know make sure that you know the blades are all dry and stuff like that again yep. there you don't want moisture on those and those things rusting up because that's a pain then then you got to buy new blades to start the year off but like you said it's it's all good stuff just to have it ready to go for next year storing everything in there you know obviously the drill comes off the drill plate and comes in the house for any summer projects, which right. there really never ever is any because <laughs> I'm not that handy anyways. Nope, me neither, so, man. so, you know, yeah, all those good things. And just a lot of that, a lot of my tackle ends up actually going over to the boat because right, I use a right. lot of my panfish stuff. If I go out pan fishing, are you the type of guy that goes like to the point of stripping off all the line off your no. reels? Are, are you, do you take your reels off your rods? No, I don't. Me neither. No. Absolutely not. Way too much work. You're overhandling it. <laughs> and, you know, that's a, at the start of the next season is when I start looking at some of that stuff, I guess. Yeah. You know, put new line on if I need it. Or if you are if you got the cold snap bands or anything like that on your reel, if you got to replace some of those right. if they've been on there for a few years. I mean, with the cost, you know, I, I hear people that are like, oh man, you know, you leave them on there that long and you know, there's an indentation on your rod where the, where the bands were, who gives a rip? Right. I, 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 I don't mean, get that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I personally don't care. I mean, Neither if my do cork I. has a little, my, my cork at, at the, at the end of it, like, I mean, it's got bite marks on it because yeah. like, you know, I mean, if, if you're pulling a cell phone out of your pocket or grabbing something, I'll bite that rod and it, I don't know, whatever. I, it, I guess it just doesn't make any difference to me. And, and, you know, maybe some of these guys that have got 150 bucks into their rod, uh, you know, maybe that's different, but for me personally, I'm just gonna, I'm going to open it up. I'm going to air it out. I'm going to close it up and I'm going to drop it in the bottom of my shack and I'm going to forget about it. I always throw some dryer sheets in inside of mine too. really yep in your in the in, in, the, tub, in the tub and then also like when your uh tarp is folded up kind of in some of the folds and stuff like that is that to smell good i somebody i read it somewhere or watched the video or somebody did it and I, I don't was like, think that's mice easy. like i, th I, I, I don't, don't think, think mice do. like it so I'm i sure. think that's why i did it and also yeah like you said then it doesn't stink as bad when you when it comes out of storage or anything like that matt deitch guaranteed to have the freshest smelling shack on the ice you won't get any static in my like static electricity in my shack then is that what dryer sheets help with yeah no wrinkles nothing like that really yeah there you go golly i've always been so envious of how nice your shack looks and smells <laughs> and I've, I've always wondered in the that's in the, the secret yeah <laughs> there it is guys you listen to this show not just to be entertained by our BS. Uh, there's a real tip for you. Yep. <laughs> the rest of our tips are full of crap. But yep. There's a real one for you. Make sure that none of the food that you had during the year is out of there. Any candy wrappers and stuff like that because that's the stuff that attracts the critters. Mice. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, I, I saw, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, that uh, Northland Tackle is actually coming out with uh, some hard baits. They uh, – Yeah, I saw that They – hired oh, what's his name like forgive me for not remembering but his name was like jarbo rapala and uh he's obviously of the famous rapala family and uh he is uh 
he's going to design some some baits for them called like the rumble crank baits and you know i I, I saw it and I'm like, Hey, you know, that's, that's cool. You know, more, more the merrier in the, in the, you know, bait shops and whatnot. But I got to ask you, like, you know, I mean, you, you've obviously got your favorite crankbaits that, that you've used for years. When you walk into a Shields or when you walk into a Dakota Angler or anything like that, are you picking the new stuff off the shelf? I, I used to be that way, but the last few years I've kind of you know what you like, the it. tried right. and true? You... Right. Every once in a while, there's a product that comes out. It's like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. So you buy like a couple of them. But sometimes I don't give it enough time. You know, it's like if I'm not catching anything on it right away, I switch back to what I've always used and had luck with. I'm not one of those people that, you know, I used to be, like I said, don't get me wrong. I used to be one of them people that, oh, this guy won this on the, you know, won the classic on this bait right here. So, oh, I got to go out and buy a bunch of these because that's going to be the hot that's the, i need to win the classic and it's just <laughs> it, it's just like well and you have a couple times yeah in my mind yeah uh, but it's just like why like why did i do that because now here they sit and it's like that's a whole different like fishery that they were fishing on time of year different so it's right. just kind of like i don't i try not to like get into all that anymore so i you know i i was really thinking and you know what makes me buy a new bait you know something that i'm not used to i mean you know me and you have our have the the stuff that we've used that that you showed me that i originally bought you know for the whole bass fishing deal and uh you know as far as walleye fishing you know i just use what i've used when i've gone with other walleye fishermen and i and i really think that that's what it comes down to I'm not the type of guy that's just going to walk into a bait shop and just like, eh, that looks good. Right. I'll take a couple of those. I I literally am only going to buy the stuff that I have used and had success with with one of my friends. You know, yep. I mean, if I've been out with Tanner Vogel and we've done good on walleye, well, then I'm going to buy those same baits. If I've been out with you and we've done good, you know, catching, catching bass, well, then I'm going to buy those same baits. And I will literally buy the same bait the same color the same everything over and over and over and over again and like i just do not expand my horizons i don't you know and i know that there's people that like just just love you know they'll go in there and it's like oh yeah that looks good they don't even really know what the hell they're buying right they're it just, just you know i mean they've said it a lot of times that there's a lot of these baits that that catch fishermen and not fish exactly and you know i mean it's got the wild colors and whatnot in my own personal opinion, a lot of the the most neutral colors is the ones that I've always had the most luck with. I mean, I've never had a a wild chartreuse green mixed with orange and you know metal flake in it. You know, I'm spectacular. But same way with like the big thing now is like the red color, like the red jackhammers and the red. You know, it's a early good early season color, but I don't. I just have never had like a lot of success on the red color baits and stuff. So I just have you ever been to any lake and seen any anything red in the water well the crayfish at times of the year get red yeah yeah that's so true. i mean and but i i always get a kick out of that because you know they sell the hooks on these things as red because sometimes it's invisible and the fish can't see it but then they also sell the red because it's the bleeding series it looks of like this. blood and it's just like well wait a minute you just said that you know they can't see red but now i got to use a bait because they can see it and they their predatory instinct takes up it's like so I don't know. It's just like you said, I get a kick out of that fact of uh, we all make fun of the infomercial baits, you know, right. the banjo minnow, the flying lure, the helicopter lure, all these lures. We we always make fun of it. Oh, yeah, you caught that on the banjo minnow. Oh, you know, infomercial bait and stuff like that. But then the same guy might go into a store and be like, oh, I'm buying the dragonfly lure because they eat dragonflies and it looks just like a dragonfly. So. It's like, dude. The only difference is that is this one had a commercial and yours didn't. If it had a commercial, you wouldn't. You'd be making fun of that bait. So those lunker hunt deals, like, I mean, they spiders, <laughs> right. and bats, and baby ducks, and I mean, <laughs> fish eat it all. Don't get us wrong. Fish eat them all, but it's just all right. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I 
you know, Grady had the mystery tackle box for a little while, and he got some of those goofball deals like the spiders and whatnot. I hate spiders so much, I wouldn't even take that thing out of the package. <laughs> you just like, throw it out there. Absolutely not. Because if I turn around and I'm on the front casting deck of the boat, and Grady just happens to have that spider laying on the deck, I'm jumping out of the damn boat. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. And then they got snakes, too. Oh, yeah. Now. Well, you think about, I mean, a 10-inch or 12-inch worm that you throw for bass sometimes. I mean, it looks just like a little snake. And I yep. mean, I've caught fish on those. Have you really? But not like, it doesn't look like a snake snake. Right, You know, right. like with everything like lifelike, it's just a big worm. Yep. And that's what I get a kick out of. And one of the tried and true baits that everybody ends up throwing a lot of times is just a plain old stick bait. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. It's just like, well... It, Everybody's like, what does it imitate? It, it kind of in, imitates everything in the water when you think about it. So Right. Okay. He, now, now, when you refer to stick bait, you're referring to a yum dinger, uh, Gary yep. Yamamoto Senko. Yep. Now, the walleye guys like call stick baits like, uh, I don't know, like a long hard bait. I've, have, have you seen people call those stick, stick baits before? Uh, I've just uh, I've heard of them say they refer to them as like turd baits and stuff like turd that. baits, because that's what you know the the Ned rigs. That's what everybody calls those. A lot right. of people call those the turd rig, the TRD. But no, no, like the walleye guys have hard baits like crank baits that right. they call oh, yeah. stick baits. Right, yeah, like and, a stick minnow, a jerk bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just clear and when you say stick bait, we're talking That's right. Yeah. Stick bait. The real stick bait. <laughs> not the fake stick bait. Stick bait number one. It's kinda like the dry lakes up in South Dakota. There's one, two, three, four, five point seven. I don't know why they ever get mad when they tell them which lake did you catch it at dry lake. It's like <laughs> You son of a you gun told them dry lake like <laughs> there's fifteen of them. Gotta hold the hell out of them. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, I, no, I've never been one of those guys that just walks into a store and it's just like, well, you know, that looks like it could catch fish. I'm gonna buy it. I just kind of stick with what I have. Every once in a while, you know, you adventure out and be like, you know, something similar to what you've had luck with, and give it a try. But right, are you the type of guy that? I mean, I've, I've got guys on my Facebook news feed that I have no clue who they are. Never met them, but if they say man, this is, this is the juice. I might just go and buy it. Right. Give it a try. Yep. You know, maybe not go out and buy 12 of them, but I'll go out and buy three of them and just see what happens. Yeah. Just to give it a shot. Yep. I don't know. I know. I mean, I've known guys too that, you know, there's a lot of guys that walk into a tackle shop and it's just like, I'll take every crankbait that you have in this color. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Walleye well, guys are, you know, the guys that fish are hardcore, you know, plug pullers and stuff like that. They, when they have a color that works, they're buying them up. Because uh, another reason to do that is a lot of times you never know when a company... It always seems like when you find something that you like and you have success with, the company discontinues it. Yeah, and then what you is can't, the deal with that crap? Well, sometimes you might be the only one that has success with it. A lot of pe- a lot of other people might not have success with it. And their numbers in that particular color or that model might not be out the roof. So they're going to take that and put it towards something else. Isn't that crazy? I mean... You would think, like, for, say, out on the Missouri River, if you're having luck with it, everybody should be having luck with it. You would think. You would think. But, yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, you just never know. That's why sometimes you can go on eBay and find baits for sale that are just, like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people people will pay it because, I mean, that's what won them a tournament or that's what – they went out on a Saturday one day and it's just their confidence hammered. bait. Exactly right. Yep. I mean, I've I've got my confidence baits, and uh, you know, right now I'm paying two or three dollars a bait for them. And uh, if they went to eight dollars a bait, I guess I would just have to do it. So, and every once in a while too, like uh, the company won't necessarily discontinue the model. They just like somebody else starts making the bait for them, right? And, it and it's as not good. as good. Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot. So then people are like, you know, oh, I got. You know, I think of the wiggle warts, you know, the storm yep. wiggle wart yep. crankbaits. And uh, a lot of the guys, like now, like they're, a, if they're like a plastic type deal, they're not like a complete piece. I don't know what the difference was. No, but back you hear people, day. you hear people describe them as the original you know, wiggle, wiggle warts. Yep. yep. So yep. I know they're always a hot commodity to find. Yep. No. Um, or, or you get a year like this year with the pandemic that, you know, that, 
some of that tackle's not right. going to be in the stores, and, and that's just shortage. the way it is. I was listening to Bass Talk Live. They had Ken Duke, who's a bass fishing historian, on there, and uh, um, he also does, like, um, I don't know, he has a website or a magazine or something with a tackle retail or whatever, and, and he said, realistically, he said, this year we're still going to be a little bit behind. He oh, yeah. does not think that we're going to be up to snuff until probably July. And, yep. and then he thinks that it'll it'll come around, barring if nothing else crazy happens. Like, God knows something's going to happen, like a freaking oh, earthquake yeah. or something like that. But, oh, boy. Well, yeah, that's all we got to say about that. <laughs> Matt, you got out yesterday. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah, got out. Um, got a hold of my brothers, Mike and Brant, and decided, you know what, let's get out fishing with Dad and take their kids out. So we brought three of the four kids out and uh, – Went to Okaboji and had a good time. You know, we uh, set up a few tip-ups just because we had them, and Dad had some frozen chubs to put out there, and yep. we decided just to kind of drill a bunch of holes and chase some panfish. And, you know, we caught, we, we caught quite a few fish. Uh, I think we kept close to, oh, it had to be around 20, 25 fish. So, and, and some nice crappies. Yeah, we got in some nice crappies. Uh, I, I caught it. A nice one a real decent one towards the end of the day uh some nice bluegill too no perch i was surprised at that i was kind of expecting us to get into a few perch but a lot of little bluegills too kind of had to do some sorting but at least it keeps you entertained action. and actioned and you know the kids the flag went up a few times and there was fish on them i mean it was spinning yeah when we i got saw the there. videos yeah but uh never were never uh brant dropped the ball right the first time i don't know if the one dropped it or what because when Brant set the hook there was nothing there then but then the other time he did it it was he he fought it for a little bit and then it came off so and then I caught one at the end of the day on the tip-ups but didn't get a video of that so though that pike that you had the picture of you caught that yeah oh oh, yeah yeah. I was fishing and I heard dad running and I turned and looked and I was just like (laughs) not today old man (laughs) (laughs) I look like Usain Bolt coming out of the blocks there (laughs) All right, so so if you're running for a flag and you and your dad are neck and neck, I'm tripping. No, you are. You <laughs> yeah. are that's what I was going to ask. I mean, are you going to? Are you playing fair to get there? No, nope. no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't either. So it was fun. It was kind of a fun way to end the day. And yeah, no, we, had, we had how big good, was that pike? It wasn't a very big one. It was probably twenty inches, maybe. Okay, it wasn't. I mean, the picture, it looked a little bit bigger. Right, yeah, nothing to reference it against, so I didn't know for sure. Yeah, just laying on the ice like that. I didn't take a pop can or a a bottle or anything like that and put it next to it. Like I'm going to start investing in, like, mini Mountain Dew cans and set, like, every fish I catch, set it right beside (laughs) Because you always see people taking pictures next to a bottle or something. Yeah, we want, like, a quarter size completely to scale. (laughs) We should bring model cars out there. (laughs) Model cars. Just... (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yep, that's us. Just just whopping dingers all the time. But no, you guys, yeah, you mentioned a little earlier yeah. too that you guys got out. Yep, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get out one last time. Uh, you know, uh, I knew Hooked on Hard Water was possibly going to be my, my, you know, towards the end. But I thought, man, yesterday, if I can just get out, you know, even if it's just to go and catch one fish, I just needed to needed to end it you know one more one more fish and uh so i talked to my buddy tanner we went over to lake pahoya which is just a small lake uh, it's a public lake here in uh here in northwest iowa and uh basically it's a bluegill fishery i mean it it uh, supposedly there's walleyes in there we know that there's some bass in there but they're they're pretty small but uh yeah you go out there for bluegills uh occasional some occasionally some crappies um and yeah uh Tanner had been out there. Our buddy Top had been out there quite a quite a bit uh, in the last uh, couple weeks. Uh, we set up, and yeah, I don't know. Tanner was really on the spot. He was he was smacking a lot of bluegills. It was it was really weird. They were way up at the top, and we were on a brush pile. But I expected to catch them a little bit farther down. But they were all like within two feet of the top of the ice. It was it was a weird deal. Um, but yeah, uh, Tanner Tanner caught quite a few. I caught I mean I caught a good amount. Uh, I think together, you know, keeping fish that were in between, you know, seven and nine, uh, I don't know, maybe 12, 14 of them, something like that. Enough for Tanner and uh, Tanner to have a fish fry with uh, him and his daughter and probably top, whatever. 
And, uh, no, it was a good time. Uh, I was happy that I got out. Uh, beautiful day, aside from the wind. A right. lot of a lot of speckle belly geese, uh, giggle chickens going there, over. There and, was. Um, so that that's always cool, you know, to kind of, you know, be sitting there having good conversation, figuring out the world's problems and, you know, staring at uh, – staring at geese flying over and and uh finally we got done and we knew the access you know when we got on it was a little bit sketchy and we figured you know every minute that went by it was only going to get a little bit sketchier so walking off you know you kind of get that pit in your stomach like okay did we overdo it or didn't we and and we didn't it was actually pretty pain-free to get off um whatever got got in got in uh tanner's truck and we decided hey let's go down and uh, check out the sioux river that's uh the border in between Iowa and South Dakota, that was wide open, a uh, bunch of people fishing there. I even saw somebody catch a walleye. Um, there was a lot of people fishing. Uh, then we decided to uh, drop down to some public hunting area in Iowa, and uh, we decided to hike into a little pond just to check it out. We got up there. We kind of walked out on the ice and was like, hey, this is all right. Went back down, got our stuff, packed light because, you know, it's a I don't know, quarter mile hike or right. something like that, straight up a hill. But we got in there and uh, we weren't marking a whole lot for fish. And uh, I ended up catching two or no, three, I don't know, two or three crappies. Uh, Tanner had a crappie at the hole. Otherwise, it was all little bluegills, like two inch bluegills. One time I took, I caught one of those little two inch bluegills and I was taking a picture of it. And Tanner's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it could be the last fish I catch of the year, so I, <laughs> I just wanted to, wanted to have it documented. But, uh, no, I ended up uh, going out on a crappie, which, I don't know, that's kind of cool for a guy oh, yeah. that doesn't really catch crappies. But, um, no, it'll be interesting. I'd, I'd kind of like to get back to that pond, maybe out of the kayak, and uh, See just go out there. Find. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's a cool pond, great scenery. So, yeah, is what it is. That was that was my Saturday. Yeah. It wasn't a bad Saturday. Nope, it wasn't at all. Like so. you said, probably the last time if we're supposed to kind of keep with this warm, these warm temps and if we get a little rain and stuff, today it's like super windy. So, I mean, stuff is going to start going really fast now. Well, that's that's just it. You know, uh, right now, like like we said, it, it's not good. And, and, you know, I don't know how far north you got to go before it gets a little bit better, but these temperatures are going pretty far up north. Yep. I mean... And uh, what is it? Tuesday or Wednesday this week? We're supposed to get um, we're supposed to get some rain, and if we get rain on top of already crappy ice, yeah, we're we're in a world of hurt really fast. Um, International Falls is getting rain tonight, I believe. Nope, last night. If this is Monday morning, last night, Sunday night, something like that, and it's fifty-one degrees up there, fifty degrees on uh, today, Monday, Tuesday, fifty-three. We got a lot of days of uh, above freezing. I don't know. Ice could be going up there, too. Yeah, it, it's going to go fast. I mean, like I said, last year, the end of March, we were out in the boat. And, yeah. I mean, that's now. <laughs> I mean, right. And, and some bodies of water, it's it's crazy how some bodies of water hold on to their ice a long time, like West Okaboji. That'll hold on to ice for quite a while. But East and Spirit, it will come off there pretty fast. Right. We've... We've fished into April before, haven't we? We've ice fished into April before, yeah, yes. Yeah, a, few a couple years, years ago. A few years ago, we were taking trips after we were done with work, running over there for evening yeah. bites and getting after the fish. Isn't that good. crazy? Well, right. I mean, realistically, that's three weeks from now. And, right. You know, had we not had this warm spell, I mean, we had the ice to, yeah, if to it, last. If, if, if we, we would have never, I mean, if we would have been in the low 30s, you know. Even if, if these days we're only getting to 42, you right. know, I mean, yep. no problem. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, even if your day gets to 42, it's only above freezing for, you know, six hours out of 24. You know, 18, 18 of the hours, it's still freezing. But, hey, whatever is what it is. That's right. Can't, can't change it. And, uh, hey, we still got out. I, I, I was uh, I was actually tallying up um, how many different species I caught this year. And, I mean, not like, oh, wow, this is really something. But um, Here we go. Do you want me to go get your horn? You're going to toot it? It's not that many. If oh, you, you would didn't. shut your <laughs> mouth a second. God dang it. Did you catch any yellow bass this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think, think about that for a second. I don't think I did. 
I mean, that is normally the fish that if any of all the fish that I catch all year long, I normally catch the most yellow bass. Right. I, I did not catch a yellow bass this year through the ice yeah. that I, that I remember. I, you know, a couple of my first times out, I did go to East, but I don't believe I ever did catch a yellow bass. And I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah. It really is because, I mean, we used to go over there. We never really made a good, like, trip on East Lake this year and, like, just to target them. No, right, right. And I think that's, you know, that was really the problem. This year I caught bluegill, pumpkin seed, so two sunfish, uh, largemouth bass, northern pike, yellow perch, rainbow trout, tiger trout, cutthroat trout, and walleye. That's it. Really? That's crazy. That's it. I don't know if I caught a walleye through the ice this year. Yeah. We went to West Sioux Falls. Oh, yeah. Yep, you're right. Yep. Yeah, I did catch one through the ice. Yep. We did We did kind of have some good trips and stuff. Like, we did. We I mean, we had, a little we had bit good year. trips. We went to... We, I, I never went to Northeast South Dakota this year. Nope. Not with their ice. Like, they're, you know, the, with the ice, the way it started off this year, it got kind of weird and you know the trips we were just taking around here staying local not going a long ways away i mean the long trip out to the black hills that was about it right and i kind of knew going into this year with the new baby it probably wasn't going to be a year that i was going to hit her too hard but uh i don't know i i was really you know when when you think about the trout you know that i thought ah you know i probably got up on the species list and then i i put them all out there and it was like okay yeah not that many (laughs) So whatever is what it is. Yeah, is what it is. It was still a good ice fishing season. That's right. Uh, a lot of memories made again. Yep. Matt, you got a story to bring up, uh, and I think a lot of people have seen it. It's been on Facebook. It's been on a lot of news feeds, whatever. Um, a story about an ice fishing tournament de-qualification. Yeah, a 15- or 14-year-old boy out in Colorado. Got 14-year-old boy. Um, got second place in an ice fishing tournament out there, won $500, but was disqualified by organizers uh, Organizers by what turned out to be a controversial decision that caused an uproar online. Uh, the kid's dad had dropped him off at this tournament to fish, and, and it sounds like it's kind of like Lake Pahoya, where you need to have like a sticker to get into the, to the lake, to park, to drive into it and everything. And the dad just dropped him off so he could go fish it, and the dad went elsewhere to fish. And tournament organization organizers told him that he had to have the pat there told people they had to have the pass to fish. Well, he didn't. And some people must've complained about it. And it was just a $5 daily registration thing. And they disqualified him for it. So this is where I'll go with it. If there's a flyer, if there's a flyer for this tournament and it says like on the flyer, have to have the $5 daily registration fee in order to participate, I'm going to say that they're right. Well, and the thing is, is that they asked somebody about it, like when they were registering, if it was like, do we need to pay that? And they're just like, since it's just him and not you fishing it, you're okay. They kind of told them that it was all right. So then they didn't end up not paying the $5 fee for it. So is this kind of... I, I don't know how this rule is. Can a kid, can can a youth go fishing by themselves? Can a nine-year-old yeah. without an adult, right, yeah. then they don't need their... It's not okay. like hunting. I mean, you look at all the kids that are down fishing at the river here right, in town. Right, right. I mean, yep, you don't yep. have to have a... I don't know. It, I, yeah. I get, you know, I mean, if, if that was the rule, that's the rule. If it was clearly posted, I'd say, you know, it is what it is. If they have proof that they actually talked to somebody and somebody said, yeah, no, you're okay, I don't know. That That's a tough deal. That's that's a tough one. Well, yeah, like I said, they ended up disqualifying him, but then anglers at the contest pitched in and gave him two hundred or 370000 370000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for that tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Disqualify me in some tournaments. $370 to replace the lost winnings and another $130 was contributed by the community. So he ended up getting the $500. And At that point in time, I mean, I would say that the other tournament competitors and the people of the community have decided that this kid was not in the wrong. Right. 
you know, and at that point, if you're the tournament organizer, I mean, was it your best friend that was in third place or, or, you know, what, what's going on that. Or even, even if the tournament organizers are like, they didn't care. And then some of the competitors that, you know, the guy that got third is in there making a huge deal about it. So then they're just like, well, I guess the rules, I mean, because like you said, they're kind of in the, if, if they stated it, it was said many times at the registration that to make sure that you paid that $5 fee and then, you know, this happens. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those deals where, I mean, say this was a, uh, you know, a plastics only tournament out on Okaboji. you know, have to use plastics. Some dad goes and drops off his kid and the kid shows up, walks out there and starts using wax worms. You know, I mean, if, if, right. if the rule is the rule, I don't know. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I wasn't there for sure. And, and anyone can make any story online sound whatever, but it does suck when a young kid, uh, yeah. Well, they must've got bashed pretty good on online because they took yeah. up, they took the, the post down about it and everything. Oh, really? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's like hundreds of comments on it on this organization's Facebook page. So they took down all the comments in the post that everybody was complaining about. So huh. the internet trolls were live. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. Sometimes you got to have them. That's uh, right. Speaking of uh, raising. Oh, no, no, no. We got to have, we, we talked Holy a while back. moly. How did I forget about the we most important about, part of the show? We were, we were talking about, you know, we fished on Lake Okaboji. You fished on Lake Pahoya, both lakes that are kind of, you know, Somebody that doesn't know can be kind of tough to pronounce and stuff. And we we mentioned it last week about maybe starting a new little segment in the show where we come up with five lake names for you to pronounce because we like to make fun of you on some of your pronounce pronunciations of things. Um, I didn't think they were bad, but obviously our our friend Scott Hawkins, freaking moron friend from Minneapolis, you know, is making fun of the way I say Sakakawea. I, I made fun of that one. He was Sakakawea? No, you always say Sakakawea. And you say Sakakawea? Yeah. And then... You just like saying (laughs) (laughs) Here we go again. Okay. So we decided to come up with one where we came up with some lake names for you to pronounce. You haven't even looked at these yet. I I just pulled these out of my pocket for you. So you got to go along and try to name these up. uh, Should I walk out of the room a second and you can tell the people what the actual uh what the actual deal is called no no we'll wait you we'll, believe uh, that you think i would cheat no no i don't think you would cheat so here we go without further ado i left the, the first one's a pretty easy one we've talked about a couple of these before so it should be easy for you to pronounce and stuff but these are minnesota lake names it's that, it's all it's all uh minnesota or it's wisconsin these are minnesota ones. these are minnesota yep Okay. First one's an easy one. So this first one, I always thought it was Pokey Gamma. Yep. And I think last week uh, we were talking about it, and I think that we decided it's called Pokegama. Yep, Pokegama. So, okay, number one, Point Scott. (laughs) Number two. Number two, we also talked about this lake. A little bit. And I'm just trying to see if you can remember how what to pronounce it. Freaking. <laughs> <laughs> this one has been home of, this has been some controversy over this one. You read through the rest of the list, didn't I you? Did read through the rest of the list, you <laughs> fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last one, <laughs> the last one is courtesy of Scott Mockentune. So, did you and him talk about this? We did. He sent me a, li- a link to a bunch of the names that are hard to pronounce. So we got. Okay. Some. So the first one was Pacagama. The second one, it, it, it's up in the Twin Cities. It used to be called Lake Calhoun. Some controversy in the last few years, so they decided to change the name of it. Well, first off, this thing starts with a B. Second letter is a D, and then an E. Right. And in the English language, that just doesn't work. So. <laughs> I'm going to say that the D gets dropped, and it's called Demakaska. Demakaska. You're, you're actually kind of close on that one. 
you're kind of close. The actual pronunciation of that one is Bude Makasika. Bude Maka. Bude Makaska. There yeah. we go. Bude Makaska. Nope. <laughs> Didn't have it. Didn't have it. Okay. Imagine pulling up to, you're looking for this lake name, and you see this that on the sign right there. And you like, accidentally think you left the country. <laughs> you don't know where you're at. All right. This next one's got to be French. Oh, uh, yeah. That one is up in Alexandria. A lot of bass tournaments on that one. Okay. So this one, I'm, I'm going to spell it for you guys. It's L-E space H-O-M-M-E space D-I-E-U. So I'm going to call it Lahamdu. Hey, you're really close on that one. It's Lahamadu. Lahamadu? Yeah. Oh, God dang it. I mean, if I would have just put the uh, at the end of ham. Right. Lahamadu. I'm... That I don't one, know. I that, think I get half. I think I get yeah, half points half. for that. That would give. So I'd it's one and a half you. to one and a half. That's the next one. All right. This one is. And this one I know I don't have. This one is G A B I M I C H I G A M I. Gabamichi Gammy. Gabamichi Gammy. Got it. No, really? Yep. Gab out me, she me. Take that one, Scott Mockington, <laughs> you freaking moron. And now the last one. This one this one is courtesy of Scott Mockington right here, just for you. This so is you, you this gotta is spell Scott's, it out. This is Scott's home body of water. Scott Mockington's <laughs> home body of water. At first when you saw it, you had a you when you first read it or first see it, you don't think it. And then you when you start reading through it to try to pronounce it. This one, so this, this one is, could be a Nebraska lake too, if you ask me. Yeah, it's right down around uh, Mullen, Nebraska. M i n n i e m e h g a m o t u r, Mini Mega Motor. <laughs> Lots of sponsorships going on on that lake. That's Lots right. of sponsorships going on on that lake. Overall, I think you did pretty damn well. Yeah, you dang right, I did. I mean, some of those ones are. There's some. There's a lot of ones. We'll get into some Wisconsin ones next week. Yeah, that that's when <laughs> things really start going to go south. But I, uh, I might need it. I don't even know if if I have the proper pronunciation here. If I'm going to be able to announce them or pronounce them with the proper term yeah, you, right here. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go online and find one of those deals like where you hit the hit the deal and it actually speaks it out right. for you. So, all right. Well, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Some of the the crazy names of lakes or even towns up in those areas where people are always like you go up there and you think that you know how to pronounce them and you've been saying it one way your whole life and you get up there and you say it and they look at you like what well that's like the the county one one county over from us here we pronounce it here osceola osceola county and i believe that's a native american term i'm i'm not exactly what sure what it means but then you have those the uh a a species of turkey right. down in, in Florida that they call Osceola. Right. Well, what the hell's the right one? <laughs> Come on, guys. If we're going to, if we're going to, if, if that's how we're going to spell it, then we got to get together and say, all right, this is how we're going to say it. Right. We're not doing this crap where in different parts of the country, we're going to speak it different. I'm not for it. All right. Good news story of the week. No, 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 no. No, not yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good news story of the week. Um, and I, both me and Matt, we're going to pitch together and have the same good news story of the week here. Um, I uh, I came across it. Uh, yes. Came across it yesterday, and it was on the Ice Fishing Minnesota page. Um, a guy by the name of A.J. Smith wrote a post that said the following. Uh, four-year-old daughter needs some work done on her teeth and half the bill needs to be paid up front. So selling some things to help offset the cost. He had a Clam C890 uh, hub shack bought this year, used three times, and a Vexlar FLX28 bought new in January. And uh, he was looking for $850 combined or will split for the right price. Um, and people went bananas. Yep. In a good way. In a good I mean, way. The, we're talking about a good way. Um, a guy by the name of uh, Golly, now I can't even find it. A guy, a guy got on there, and uh, he actually um, decided that they were going to start a Venmo 
um, a Venmo for this, uh, exactly for, you know, people to donate, uh, to, to put towards this guy, to help him, um, get it. And last I saw, they were like at $7,000 that they've raised. Um, and they're, they're actually going to pay for not just the down payment, not just half of it. They're going to pay for the whole dang thing. And, uh, then the, the Smith family who was very reluctant to take it, you know, they, they pretty much came right out and said that they did not want to take it. Um, but you know, when they realized everyone's generosity, they were like, well, I don't think we have any choice, but to take it. They said that anything more than, uh, what they've, um, than what they're supposed to receive, they will donate to that dentist to, um, yeah, to, for any future. Yeah. Well, you know, for other people to have right, the same thing. Other. And there was actually a dentist from, let me quick find this uh, dentist here. I'm about one and a half hours from Chatfield. Depending on what your child needs, I'd be happy to do the work for free. New Prague Dental Center. Feel free to PM me if interested. And that guy's name is Jeremy Dirksen. So hats off to Jeremy Dirksen right. at the New Prague Dental Center. He's not the one that actually ended up getting the business, but he did offer to to do, do it, it for, for free. free. So uh, if you're in that New Prague area, you're looking for a dentist, I'd say go to the New Prague Dental uh, deal. While you're while you're in town, go by and throw a bag of dog crap on Scott Mockentoon's front yard and <laughs> light it on fire. So yeah. he has to stomp if you it do out. that, if you do that, if you throw dog crap on Scott Mockentoon's front yard and light it on fire, send a video or a picture to us, and we'll send you out a goodie bag full of baits <laughs> and a t-shirt. That's well, a, that's what we think of him. <laughs> Be careful what we wish for. Yeah, that was a joke. That was guys. a joke. <laughs> but maybe not. Just only one of you guys. So only one. Okay. But no, that's an awesome news story. It's just, you know, we talk about the negativity of online sometimes and that was just the a positive story from Yeah. It. No, it was absolutely awesome. I also want to give a shout out to a guy down in Georgia, Jason Kaup, Cop, Cope. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. It looks like Kaup. Kaup. That's no. what I'm going to say. Kaup. K A U P. Uh, he was one of the guys that bought a Midwest Angler podcast hoodie. He got out on, I believe, Lake Lanier, got after the striped bass, nice. did it oh, in yeah. his Midwest Angler podcast hoodie. And uh, I told him, hey, nice hoodie. And he said, hey, does this mean that I can get bumped up to Midwest Angler podcast pro staff? And I said, well, you're going to have to step up your mega motor. <laughs> like, I would not have caught this fish if I wasn't wearing this Midwest Angler podcast hoodie. That's right. All the way down in Georgia. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Midwest Angler Podcast gear. Yep. So, uh, hey, I don't really Thanks, got anything Jason. else. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Thank you. Uh, Matt, you got anything else? I really don't. Do we got a bass tournament this weekend, or is it still two weeks I from now? I think it's still a couple weeks away. I think we're still a couple weeks out from still it. Still a couple weeks out. Um, Ten days. Ten days. All so right. Not this week, but the following. Okay, well... I guess with that, then uh, we don't have anything else. I think me and Matt might go uh, down to a local river and do a little tossing. Uh, we'll see what happens. Try to throw a few baits out. See what happens. Maybe uh, one day we can catch ice fish, and the next day we can catch open water fish. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would. So, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week on episode 115. Later. Later.